The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said, I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Before I speak about the Good Shepherd, I wanted to share very briefly uh, the observance of Earth Day that we, that passed this week. And, uh, I didn't want to let it go without making at least a little comment because I think it's extremely uh, important. Before he died, uh, the mythologist uh, Joseph Campbell was in an interview and uh, he was asked what he thought might be a new and developing mythology, a new myth. Now the Judeo-Christian myth has certainly ruled here in the West for I would say at least two or three millennia. And uh, usually uh, over that period of time, uh, myths have a way of developing. And so we're on the verge most likely of another mythology, not one that replaces existing mythologies because we have many of them, as you know, but one that uh, will sort of lead us and capture the imagination. And Joseph Campbell said that he thought that it somehow would be connected with the planet, that he said, all indications are that whatever the specifics are, the overall 
would be a planetary myth, but a myth centered around the concept of the planet. And he used an example of a symbol that he thought might be uh, the beginning of uh, revealing this. And he said, when the Apollo 11 sat, uh, astronauts had taken that photo from the moon of the Earth rising above the horizon, the, the Earth rise, as it were, very famous, as you know, very famous photo. That, that image, uh, he feels, has been implanted in the unconscious of humanity and is very much the beginning of symbolizing the significance of understanding our planet. When seen from afar, the planet is a single entity, a unified entity. There are no geographical borders, and so it symbolizes the transformation of divisions into simple diversity. It symbolizes cooperation over conflict and the amazing synergies of collaboration. And these are the great themes that should further develop as we move forward. Now, the uniqueness of the Judeo-Christian myth that we've been living for millennia is that these values lie at its very heart. And so the Judeo-Christian myth should actually embrace the planetization of our outlook. And uh, those Christians and those Jews and so on and anybody else who is part of a Judeo-Christian mythology, if they can be true to these values which are at, at their heart, then they will live on. Sadly, and let me conclude with this, Many Christian groups uh, do not honor these fundamental values that are embodied in our appreciation of the planet. And so they are slowly and surely becoming nothing more than cults. And so the survival of the power of the Judeo-Christian myth will lie in a rediscovery of the very values that we are beginning to understand by way of our planet. And so uh, I'm very bullish on our mythology, but I am saddened by the fact that many among us, many groups among us uh, may not be there. So let us keep these things in mind and we can share more about this as we go forward. But I just wanted to make a comment since Earth Day really is a very significant uh, passage. Now, of course, the, the themes today with the Psalm and the 
in the gospel. The Lord is my shepherd. About a year ago, I was called by an old friend who asked me if I would have coffee with her. And I did so, and I was wondering what was, what was on her mind. And I found out that, and I wasn't aware of the fact that years before she had a, a serious bout of cancer and she had gone through the traditional chemotherapy and so on. And eventually the cancer went into remission. And for many years, she was clear, you know, of the cancer. But apparently the reason why she wanted to meet with me was because she wanted to let me know that it has reappeared. And it reappeared in a fashion that was going to deteriorate very quickly as far as uh, herself, her body and soul, that she was on her way out. And uh, she literally only had a few months uh, to survive. She decided with her doctor that the, her situation was such that the option of chemotherapy was really not appropriate. And so she made arrangements to eventually have a hospice at home uh, situation. And she began to plan that. Uh, a few months later, well, I had kept in touch with her, of course, you know, every few weeks I gave her a call, see how she was doing. And she seemed to not be affected yet. But then uh, I got a call and she said, I think I'm ready to go into a hospice. Things are moving very quickly. And so that's what she did. And uh, I would visit her occasionally. Uh, it was kind of a long, slow affair. And then I got a call that she said, uh, with the medications that I'm giving, that I'm receiving, uh, slowly but surely she feels that uh, she's gonna make arrangements for her to finalize things on a certain week on a certain day. And so uh, she asked if I would go there and I did. She only had a couple of friends. She lost her husband years ago. She was, uh, she was originally from England. She didn't have a lot of family here and so on. And so she didn't have a lot of people around. And so she just asked for a few people to be with her. She was not a formally religious person. She was a very sensitive and very spiritual person, really. And where I got to know her was through a neighbor of ours, when we lived in the same neighborhood, had suddenly been stricken with cancer and only had a few weeks to live. And we were part of a small team that supported this other person. And that's where I got to know her well. So I got to see her in action, see the kind of person she was and so on. But I did know that she was really not part of any religious experience. I shouldn't say religious experience, but any kind of a uh, tradition. 
When I went over the day that was planned for her final day, I didn't bring any uh, sacramental things, you know, she had no, no desire to do anything. But I was always prepared because I know all the prayers by heart anyway, so I could, I could do the thing right on the spot if, if she had asked me. And right before she was to pass, she said, Jerry, would you, uh, would you say a prayer with me? I said, of course. So uh, I started in with uh, just a small prayer just to set the scene of what's going on and what she's experiencing. And she says, and I've always been an admirer of the 23rd Psalm. She said, would you, would you pray that? And I said, absolutely. And I really, I really put myself into this prayer because the setting, I was with someone who was passing away, who desired this. And so I began to pray it. And it completely took me over. I was overwhelmed. I was drawn into the, the power of that prayer. And as I was praying, realizing what was going on, that somebody in front of me is living this prayer. She's going through the valley of death and so on. I began to cry. And the few people around me who I don't think had much religion, they began to see what was going on here. There was something happening. And uh, the power of that prayer is just unspeakable. It is unfathomed. And she slowly passed. And I can't tell you how I was taken over by this, the power of this prayer. And the reason why that I'm even sharing this is because the Psalms are the most powerful prayers that you can, that human beings have produced, but you see, it's really not produced by human beings. These, these traditional prayers that have come to us over thousands of years, they not only carry the human print, they carry the divine print, because we as human beings are deep, we're deeply rooted in the divine. And occasionally, through all the mess that we live through, the divine shines through. And so prayers, like the 23rd Psalm, are not just a production of a human being. They, they carry the very grace of God with them. And I, I would highly, highly recommend that you make some time to get familiar with these songs. Now, some of them, now there's 150 of them, as you probably know. Some of them will have probably no reference, you know, to your, to your life experience. But some of them will. And I would ask you to go through them and identify certain psalms or certain parts of psalms that relate to your human experiences, the good and the bad and so on. 
and to uh, flag them and to try to get into the habit of using them, of praying them during the time when you're experiencing something, whatever it may be. I just urge you to do that. You know, the, uh, the experience of spirituality, of the divine, is something that is like a field. And when I say a field, I'm thinking of like a scientific field, like uh, a magnetic field. Uh, it's, you know, an electrical field. And uh, a gravitational field, you see, we live in these fields, or we can in certain instances. We find ourselves in the midst of a field, a field of something. And there's a divine field. Uh, the, the late uh, Pierre Teilhard de Chardin, his book on spirituality is called The Divine Milieu, French. A milieu is a field. It's an atmosphere. It's an environment. It's something that envelops you. And I urge you to experience this kind of an envelopment in the divine. And I firmly believe that the Psalms will be one. Of course, there's many ways to do this. I'm only using one of them. But the one that is most, that is handiest in my opinion, and from my experience over the years, is uh, things that have been classic, celebrated, uh, have proven the test of time because I think they're anchored in the divine. So I just urge you to do that and pray the 23rd Psalm all the time. It's just one of those things that will enrich you, encourage you, lift your faith, enlighten you, and give you the peace that we will find in, in the field of the divine. So God bless you. listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.